Today, I have a guest joining me from Las Vegas. His name is John Junia, and he is the shame doctor. Thank you for accepting my invitation, John. Sure, Yipek. You're very welcome. Thank you. Uh, I want to start uh, by giving a little bit of information and introducing you to our audience. Uh, for most of his life, uh, John felt that he was not fulfilling his purpose. In his early 50s, life began spiraling out of control and he embarked on a journey toward self-awareness. Uh, he discovered how shame and shame-based thinking hindered him from living a successful and happy life. Uh, his spiritual growth led him on a new path of guiding people on their journeys of emotional healing and personal development. He wrote a book about it and named it as Shame on Me, Healing a Life of Shame-Based Thinking, which chronicled his struggles and triumphs over self-destructive patterns. John also collaborated with accredited psychologists in designing strategies and techniques which have helped many people heal emotionally and be able to move on from past difficulties and traumas. Once again, thank you for being with me today, John. And again, I, thank you. <laughs> I would thank like you. to start with asking you, how do you define shame? Excellent question, because that, that's obviously the first place I like to start. Because I think most people, when you ask them to define shame, I don't think they, they, they get it right. A lot of times people say, well, shame and guilt, and they put the two together. And that's the distinction that I like to make. So basically, um, and there, the other thing is, too, there's shame on, on many levels. You can be ashamed of, of your family. You can be ashamed of the town you live in or ashamed of your, of your country, what I'm talking about is the personal shame now that is what keeps us from living that full life. And I like to, to define that as the negative things that we've come to believe about who we were and are. Yeah. It's pretty simple, not a whole lot to it, but that that is, it is when people say, oh, you're too dumb or you're too slow or you're too fat, whatever they say. It's not shame until the moment that we believe it. And when, you know, when somebody that we trust says that over and over and over, we have a tendency to believe them. And that's the shame that gets imparted on us. Yes, that's so true. That's so true. Uh, you call yourself uh, the shame doctor. Where did that title come from? Why do you call yourself the shame doctor? Well, I... Um, when I was going through my journey, I had a great therapist who was leading me along the way and allowed me to become aware of these things in my life. And I'm the kind of person I get excited. I like to talk to people about it. And I would, and I would tell people and they would, they would say, wow, that they would have a personal kind of experience with something similar. And I would help people understand that. And I thought, wow, I really enjoy helping people heal from their shame and it just kind of the shame doctor makes sense and wanting to help people heal from shame and that's so I just sort of adopted that uh that that name yeah that's that's very interesting and um Thank it's you. yeah I, I like that uh because you're uh, working about that subject and uh it's only great that you acquired that name shame doctor and it works Thank for you. you that's great uh so um 
I want to ask you, what's the difference between shame and guilt, though? Uh, because uh, the differentiation between shame and guilt uh, could be helpful in the healing process, as I can see. So how, how do you differentiate those two? Well, I like to use, again, I like to use explanations, but again, basically we've, as we know, shame are the negative things that we believe about who we were and are, where guilt is the acknowledgement or the bad feeling we get when we do something wrong or make a bad choice. Now, let me put that in perspective. Let's say you and I were having a discussion and I got really angry at you and I yelled at you that you, again, you didn't deserve it. When we were all done, I would say to myself, wow, John, you really shouldn't have screamed at her that you see how bad she feels. And I feel bad now for doing that. Guilt tells me that I made a mistake where if it were shame, I would, it would, it would be a feeling of, you know why you yelled at Epic John? Because you're dumb. You're arrogant. You're this kind of person that, that, that you're whatever, whatever lie you want, you've been told. And that the difference is that, that, I am this person and that won't change where guilt can sometimes act as a, as a, um, a moral compass. It can help us change our behavior in the future. I don't want to feel that way again. It reminds me the next time I'm in, this, I'm in a similar situation, not to yell or, or say something, you know, too inflammatory or whatever at the person, <coughs> excuse me, those ill feelings will help us be that way where shame just says you're going to do it every time just because you're this horrible awful terrible person i see i see so uh how do we do is we just label ourselves as uh like that person and we feel the shame about it whereas when it's the guilt uh we remember it and try not to uh repeat it yeah, it, it helps us to not repeat that. And where that comes in handy in the in the healing process is because we we realize, I mean, in when when we heal emotionally, that's another big topic because we're hearing a lot about it, you know, with 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 the pandemic, with countries becoming more um, nationalistic and division, and it's like it's us against everybody else. We we hear a lot about healing. Okay, mm -hmm. healing on, on, on an individual level is, is a little bit different, but we hear a lot of talk about it. And everybody knows it's important, but how do you do it? Mm -hmm. and, and I rarely hear, because I've, I've become attuned to this. I'll listen to a, to a program and, I'll, and I look, what are the answers? What are people telling you to do besides heal? I mean, to heal, you know, and most of it is take a walk in the park you know, listen to good music, read a book, and that's all good, but it, sometimes it doesn't get to the, to the bottom of it. I know I'm getting a little bit off from where, you know, how does shame and guilt, or how does shame help you, but, you know, and I'll, I'll, I'll get to that point, but the, the emotional healing is, is, it happens emotionally, physically healing, we get a cut, and when the, and when the cut scabs over and heals finally goes away we know it's healed because there's no prior evidence and emotional healing is kind of in a is, is is kind of similar in that way how do we know we're starting to heal is when we can 
start, I don't want to say to lose evidence of, of the of the original trauma never being there, but when we're able to succumb, because even sometimes this, the cut on our skin will leave it will leave a scar and it's a reminder of, of the cut, but we're able to work through it. We don't feel the pain of that original cut. We're able to continue on in life. And that's sometimes, and that's not sometimes, that's what that's what healing emotionally is. And shame is devastating to our motion to our emotional well-being and health because we're in the state where I am you know, terrible, unworthy, fill in the blank. There's millions of ways, you know, millions of adjectives we can put in there to fill in that blank. But emotional healing is overcoming that feeling, is understanding, coming to the awareness, no, you are not unworthy. But just again, like, you know, uh, if, if you break an arm, you have to have a doctor to set that for you. Sometimes we have emotional wounds that need help and guidance with others. It's just not a simple, oh, okay, I'm not going to feel traumatized anymore. It just, it doesn't happen that easily. And that's where, where I like to come in and help people. Uh, yes, oof, yes it's, it's so it's so true when you say that uh, like it's not a broken arm or something uh, that you can see and uh, reach out for help uh, it is something emotional and uh, unfortunately uh, emotional uh, healing is uh, not not uh, seen as yes exactly yeah, it's not as exactly. easily seen yeah, yeah. Uh, but um I want to ask you, uh, though, how do we get or acquire shame? Where does it come from? Yeah, it, and that's another really, really interesting question, because a lot of times it happens and we don't even realize it happens. It can even start before we learn to speak. And, and if, if we think about it, we're, we're born as babies, you know, obviously. And the only thing we can do is eat, breathe, cry, and excrete. Everything else we're dependent on adults for. They feed us, they clean us, they bathe, every, everything, rock us to sleep. So we form this bond with our parent, guardian, whoever is, you know, our protector. And we learn to trust them. And now when they start saying things to us and they maybe don't even mean, you know, maybe we're, you know, maybe they just changed our diaper and 30 seconds later, we dirty it and they're, I'm just upset, having a bad day, whatever. It, it, it's it's not a it's not. I'm tr I'm making you upset. They're just having a bad day. Like, Why did you have to do that? I just don't. You realize I just changed your diaper. And a human, may, a baby may not understand, but they know that their body has just done something, and they can tell their their caregiver, their person who they love, is upset with them. And if that happens a couple of times, they put two and two together. Boy, I'm. I'm doing this natural thing my body does and I'm getting in trouble for it. And then now that makes them feel bad. I mean, that, that's, how, that's how easily it can start. Now imagine you grow up and you have, you know, five or six, you know, siblings running around and you're always knocking stuff over and, oh, you're clumsy. And maybe, maybe, you, maybe they even call you a, a, a clown or something because you're always doing that. And then when you get older, you want to do something that, Maybe I want to dance. Oh, I'm clumsy. I can't. And, and you have all these preconceived notions. So many of them, we don't even realize that they're there. Yes. And, and ironically, that's the power of shame is, is it is so pervasive, yet people don't talk about it. It's in the shadows. We don't know. I just know I feel unworthy. I just know I've, I'm incompetent. Mm -hmm. Why? 
yeah. because that's those are the the negative things that we've come to believe about who we were and are. Oh, that's that's so true, so true. Very very good points, really, John. Thank you. Um, well, then, uh, uh, what is the most devastating aspect of shame? Like, what what affects the most in us? Sure, the it's again because when we believe these lies, they're, they they become truths. They're facts. The sun rises in the east. The, the you know water makes us wet, right? Uh, the sun can be hot. These these are all facts. Well, when we believe the shame that I am unworthy, I am you know too ignorant, whatever, they're facts. They don't change, and that's that's the biggest trap that shame holds us in. And in in some ways, you know, what how I like to tell people, shame is like those commercials where you see the devil on one shoulder and the angel on the other, and and the angel saying no, don't do it, and the angel yes, do it. Well, shame is like you got a devil over here, but no angel to counteract it. And it's been around for so long, it it feels comfortable in your self-pity or whatever, whatever way you've learned to become shameful. It feels comfortable. So getting you out of that shameful feeling, it wants to drag you back into it because it wants to remain. And, and that's the, the, the most devastating thing about it is the fact that it's hard to defeat because we believe that it's true and it won't change. Mm, yeah, I, I really like the way you describe it with the devil and angel and there's no angel to yeah. protect, to help, yeah, to support. Uh, okay, uh, so how do you heal others emotionally? Okay, another, another really good question. The, the truth is, I don't do it. I don't heal. I'm, I'm a guide. But let me explain. It's just like, like let, let's go back to the physical. Um, we get a cut on our hand. All right. We put a Band-Aid on it. We put other stuff on it. The Band-Aid doesn't heal the cut. It, it creates a better environment. The skin and veins and everything, it grows back together. We break a bone, it gets set, the bone grows back together. That's, that's healing. Well, what I do is I guide people to the place, again, using these techniques, where they can understand that all of these untruths, these lies that people are telling them aren't true. They're, they're, they, they could be opinions, you know, like maybe in the case our, our, obviously with our parents or something, but it's not a fact. We're not too dumb. I mean, we've always, we, there's, there's so much talk now about you are enough, you are okay, just the way that you are. And still, even the people who post those memes, it's like, this message is for everybody else. It's not for me. <laughs> and and it, it's, it's tough to realize because Healing emotionally takes the understanding that in some ways, not in every ways, we did some of the damage to ourselves. And, you know, I know people get upset and it's really hard to talk about it in one, in one meeting. You know, it, it takes me several meetings sometimes before I can get to the crux of it because somebody who was terribly abused as a child, they're going to look at me and say, look, 
John, I did not do these things to myself. You're absolutely right. You didn't do them. But let me ask you this one question. Did you ever for one moment believe that you did something to deserve it or that you actually did deserve it? And I think most people understand, yes, that damaging, that, that thought of you did something, that's, that's the damage, yes. you know, because it doesn't, that, that thought doesn't occur just one time in your life. <laughs> that occurs over and over and that adds to the shame. And the step that I get where it start people, for me, it's not about forgiving your abuser. We'll get, we'll, we'll get to that spot if you're working with me, all right? But the one thing that upsets me more than anything is if somebody says to you, you know, Epec, before you can heal, you have to forgive your abuser. That, I just want to scream. I just want to strangle somebody. Well, maybe not strangle them. But you know, you have no idea what they went through. And for you to tell them that they have to do that, I mean, that, you know, put yourself in their place, that's just ridiculous. But we can always forgive ourselves for thinking those negative things that I deserved my abuse, I deserved whatever I got. You know, it's okay. At the time, you can think it, but now you can look back at that young Epec or that young John and say, I understand now why you believe that, and I forgive you for believing it. And I don't know about anybody else, but it just happened to me again. Every time I think about self-forgiveness, I get this physical relaxing in my stomach, like my butterflies are going away. It's For me, it's powerful. I don't know if other people experience that, but that's that's the spark that keeps me going, you know, that'll keep me going to the day I, I take my last breath to help people to understand that life is so much, is often so often clouded by just the things that we do, we, that we've done to ourselves. And let's start with healing. Let's start the healing process with forgiving ourselves. Yeah, that's, I, I 100% agree with you in that, John. Um, Thank you. Starting to uh, forgive with ourselves is the spot to start. I mean, you cannot ask anybody to forgive someone else before working on, on themselves. First, you need to heal yourself. And then if, you, if and when you get to that point, and if you're willing to do that, then you forgive the other person. Well, for, this is how it is for me. Well, um, can I tell you a story that, that happened to me as, as a child? I'll try to make it quick. I was, I was um, you know, I was a freshman in high school and we were at football camp. And um, I, it was, a, it was a very religious school. In fact, the man who was the, the principal, I literally believed that what he spoke was from God's mouth. I mean, that he was inspired. Every word he said was inspired by God. And something happened to me that really caused great damage. We had finished practice and we were in the, we were washing up and hauling in the shower and everybody. And for some reason, I don't know why, I was singing the song um, from Fiddler on the Roof, matchmaker, matchmaker, make me a match. And so a, a, one of my friends handed me one of those Ohio blue tip strike anywhere matches out of his pocket. So I bent down and rubbed the, rubbed the match head in the, on the wet floor. And then I struck it to see if it would light, you know, because I thought it's not going to light. It did. I walked over to the faucet, turned the water on and doused it and thought nothing of it. 
let's move forward to the next day. Again, the, you know, this was this was a religious school I went to, and we were having our daily devotional period. And the man who, you know, who was literally the oracle of God, just reamed me. What are you trying to do? Burn down the forest? We were our camp was in the mountains and all kinds of pine trees. And he just laid into me. All my coaches, my teammates, they were all there. And I I, I felt horrible. I felt ashamed. I felt confused. What could I have done differently? But how do you, how do you contradict God? Because this was God telling me I'm this horrible person. Yeah. And after that point, my life changed. I won't get I won't get into the to the you know how it changed, but it 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 changed pretty dramatically. And you know, fast forward 40 years, I'm I'm talking with my therapist and and I'm relating the story to him. I'm getting pretty animated and upset. And, um, you know, at, at one point, I wanted him to come back from the dead because he had died several years, decades before. You know, so I could punch him in the mouth. That's how upset I was with him. Mm-hmm. But the, 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 what, what, I, what I'm getting at now is, is I, it doesn't matter if I forgive him. Because if he were alive, he would say, I didn't do anything wrong. I was, I was doing the right thing. But what, what he said no longer binds me what you know what what it, it doesn't it doesn't matter if I forgive him I'm not upset I understand why he did it but you know and and sometimes with your abuser you don't always understand why but the point I'm trying to make is 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 healing gets you to a point where the the abuser doesn't hold you in this negative place it doesn't keep you in this spot of I'm unworthy you know you may still be afraid you may still be worried but but, you know, and again, that's what a therapist or a coach can help you through. But it, it, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying, you know, I'm not the kind of person that goes, you know, I'm an alcoholic because that man told me I was trying to burn down the forest where we use these abusive excuses to put, to leave ourselves in these situations. I, I'm not saying that, you know, shame on people for, for doing it because people, they, they do anything they can to try to forget, block out those memories. I don't blame them. Yeah. And you don't want to face some of those memories. They hurt, you know, yeah. and it's the same thing when it comes to our emotional healing. Sometimes we come across these things that, that hurt. That's why it's helpful to, to have a coach or a therapist or a guide to help you through these things. So it doesn't, you know, t- you don't get stuck in this mire and then, Sometimes we, we have a little progress and then we fall down a little bit and think, oh my goodness. And now, and now it's, it, all of the progress is gone because again, emotional healing happens in our mind. It happens within us. It's, it's not something that's easy. And like you say, it's not easy to see. And if we do get a little bit of growth and then eh, we question it, we can lose that healing that we once had. Yeah, Sorry. that's, that's I, true. I'm just going on and on. I get so excited about it. <laughs> It's very helpful to understand better uh, anyway, John. And, uh, and forgiving others is more not like I'm forgiving you, uh, but it's more like letting go, letting go so that you can move on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For, for me, the, the word letting go can be hard sometimes because it's not something we can hold and drop, but it, it's the best analogy you, you can use sometimes. But... That letting go occurs a lot of times when we can forgive ourselves. That's yes. a lot of times where, where it can start because we forgive ourselves for the negative things that we thought about that particular situation, that circumstance, yes. you know, yes. And, yes. and that's where the, a lot of the letting go can start. Okay. Um, uh, in your opinion, 
what's the most important thing that can help us heal emotionally? Well, again, we'll go, we'll start with the self, the self-forgiveness. Okay. That is, that's something that, I mean, there are, there are plenty of things, but we, we need to always start with what is it that I've done? What are the things that I've thought about myself that have been hurtful and harmful? You know, I'm working with somebody right now who, who, they they want they want to do this kind of they want you know they, they had traumas in their life and they want to help reach out to people, but yet they're they still think, you know these opportunities don't come to, to people in in my position, and the only reason not the only reason but a big block is because that thinking it doesn't come you just do it you may you may get on a big stage you may only help one person but. It's, it's the fact that we do it and we don't look at ourselves as anything less than the best person in the world that's working on this. I, you know, I'm, I'm just as valuable. I just don't happen to reach as many people. Yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, but how do, you, how do you know if an emotional healing is uh, or has occurred? How can you tell? Again, let's go back to the physical mm -hmm. um, explanation. Let me get the cut. We have a cut after it's healed. There's sort of no 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 evidence that it was it was ever there. Now again, emotional healing has various levels of traumas, probably more than physical. Yes. You know, we could have a, a short one, a, a small one. In fact, there are many things that have happened that have traumatized us, and we've completely forgotten about them. We, you know, oh yeah, that's right, that happened. So when when we have a little bit more of a trauma, sometimes we might get a scar. And that scar is a reminder. Wow, I remember when this happened, whether it was, you know, I again, I'm not gonna do it, right? It's a future reminder of not doing the same thing I did in the past. But what what happens is that becomes a, a, a springboard to spur us for better. It, imagine people who have lost, you know, digits, lost a, lost a limb, mm -hmm. right? And they'll, they'll bounce back and actually be more successful than prior to that. Mm -hmm. um, they, they have taken that injury and they have been able to do more with it. Now, again, I, I don't wanna suggest that if you don't do this then nothing's happening. That would be wrong of me too, because not everybody who loses a limb gets on a national stage and tells about how great their life is. <laughs> we, we deal with it with, with ourselves. When we, when we understand that that difficult, traumatic event does, is starting to lose its grip, starting to lose its, its power over us, then we know the healing is occurring. The difficult part is, is we, we may have an emotional setback. We might, we might one day have, wake up and, oh my God, and start thinking about that trauma and feel really anxious and all the horrible things and think, oh my goodness, no healing has happened. But again, it's in our mind. We have, we have to stay strong, talk to somebody, talk to your coach, your therapist, your guide, and, and be reassured because it's easy for me to see the progress in my clients. The problem is it's not always easy for them to see it. And it's my job as a guide to know you are going in the right direction. See how far you've come? Look at this. And, and, and we point these things out because the confidence, the self-confidence really is what keeps that healing going and growing. 
Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Uh, but uh, how? What techniques do you use uh, specifically? Okay. For what What I've done is most of these things that I've that I've discovered. They were ones that I've that I've worked out with my therapist, and then I actually discussed them with other. Like I said, I just didn't want to go with, with one person. But the main point is trying to get the person to feel okay with themselves. Again, it's sort of a form of letting go in some ways, but when, when we make a mistake, what's the first thing we do? Oh, John, you're an idiot, right? <laughs> That's the, the first place we go. But, but, you, but life sometimes has these curveballs. Sometimes they're lessons, sometimes they're successes, but we, we try to learn from everything. What I want people to understand is, is to be in a good place is to learn to be okay with who you with where you are or with who you are. And if you do something like, you know, oh, I just got mad and I just hit my fist on the desk and I and I and I hurt and I broke maybe broke my hand, right? We we get upset and and then you know what? It's hard to say I'm okay with what I did, but you can always be okay with not being okay either. I know that sounds that sounds kind of crazy, but you know I'm really I did something really stupid. I'm really angry at myself, and I'm not okay with what I did. But I am okay with not being okay with what I did, mm -hmm. because eventually that that being okay. I mean, you, you know, we obviously don't want to stay there. We don't want to hit our fist in it. We don't want to get caught in this loop of making the same mistake over and over. The life lessons are there to be learned and to not repeat them or do our best not to repeat them. And being okay with ourselves, even in the, the tough times, that is, that is a, a one technique that usually can get people to understand that, yeah, most people can think, I can do that. They, they can easily be talked out of it. They can easily talk themselves out of it. But let's get them there so they know what it feels like. And that, that's one of the most important techniques that I, that I use with people. Yes, that, that's, that's a good one. That's a good one, really. Uh, so uh, in what ways do you, uh, uh, people can reach you? How, how are you reachable? How, are, how they can reach you? Okay. My, my website is shamedoctor.com. That's pretty easy. Um, <clears throat> and you can always email me, john at shamedoctor.com. I also write um, weekly articles, yes. as you know. I, I post yes. them on social media. And I post every Sunday at 8, 8 a.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time. And I've been doing that for five years. Wow. Uh, and I'm, I've written a book and I'm trying to get that as an ebook so I can also sell that uh, because right now Amazon is out and I don't, it, that's been a tough one for me. I, I can sell the hard copies, but basically to people in the US territories because mm -hmm. I haven't figured out the shipping part of it yet. Um, but uh, I'm also working on other more uh, other books that are that are centered to people like let's say you've you're always you've been in in abusive relationships and you want to get out and you don't know how I'm going to write little work booklets that are geared more you know how to get out of abusive relationships how to get out of you know of cult type uh, opportunities those things where I'm going to focus them more on situational rather than the whole just broad spectrum of shame. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good good avenue to go. Yeah, it it would be helpful for so many different people who are going through different kind of stuff. Yeah, thank sure. you.
Yeah, well, this has been amazing. We have learned a lot about shame, guilt, healing techniques and uh, everything and about you, John. Uh, thank you so thank much you. for this time and uh, I very much enjoyed it. Thank you.